This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, go with me to the book of Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. Again, we will be on talking about faith tonight. And so we've seen again some of the, the highlights of faith. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. Faith comes. Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. That's what it does. It'll come. It doesn't go any farther, but it comes by hearing. And then again, we begin to see more and more. Uh, one of our main texts has been James 1, It says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. So I can know the word, but the word won't benefit me at all until I begin to put it in action right here. So again, our faith increases as our obedience increases. And I'll just tell you right now, with every act of obedience, there will be opposition. Okay? You might as well get ready for that. The devil will try to pose you. The devil doesn't want you being blessed. He doesn't want you living by faith. But also, sometimes people will oppose you. They'll oppose you and say, man, you really believe that Bible stuff? You, you, you're a Jesus freak like You really stand on those? You really do that? And again, you look and say, man, my life is built on the Word of God and it's grounded. And so, again, there is blessings to obedience. Uh, Isaiah 119 says, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Now, oftentimes we'll say, well, I'm willing. Well, that word willing has to do with my attitude. See, I, I can obey, but not with a willing heart. I mean, there's times that I'm going to obey it just because the Bible tells me. But something happens when I'm willing and have a good attitude about it, and I go ahead and obey and say, Ooh, Father, come on, I'm ready. I'm ready to honor you. I'm ready to obey you. And so if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. So again, my obedience plays a part in this. Now, we're going to begin in in Luke 17, verse 5. And the apostles said to the Lord, Lord, increase our faith. The message says, give us more faith. The New Living says, show us how. Jesus' response to their question. So the Lord said, If you have faith as a mustard seed. Now, it's interesting to me that they say, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus points out immediately, if you have faith as a mustard seed. So he likens faith to a seed. And when we think about a seed, a seed has to do with planting and harvest or sowing and reaping. But also in this passage here, he said, if you have a seed of a mustard, of a mustard seed. Now, again, a mustard seed is tiny. I mean, if it was one in my hand right now, you would be very, very hard for you to see it. It's that small. So when Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, he's telling me that the quality is a lot more important than the quantity. Again, he's telling you, listen, if you just have faith as a mustard seed, as a small seed. So again, we highlight that faith is in a seed form. 
So if this faith is in the seed form, then how do I get it to increase? So we go back to verse 6. So the Lord said, I have faith. if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. So we go back, and Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Then the next thing he said, if you would say, if you would say, if you would speak, if you would begin to order, and you would order that mustard seed, something else. So immediately Jesus tells me that one of the ways that my faith is released is by what I say. I got to speak it out of my mouth. Over and over you see that in the Bible. One of the ways you get born again is you confess out of your mouth. I encourage you on a daily basis, begin to speak the word of God. Speak God's promises over yourself, over your children, over your marriage, over everything in your life. Begin to make that a habit. And I have people say, well, you know what? I did it for two days and nothing happened. Well, again, that's like working out. Well, I worked out for two days and I still got this keg instead of a six-pack. So, again, we have this thought everything's going to happen overnight. But when we think about a a seed, that of planting and and reaping, you put a seed in the ground, you understand it's going to take a while. There's a day to, to plant it. And from the day you plant it until the day you harvest, it needs water and it needs fertilizer. So again, I've got to plant the seed. One of the ways I get the seed in is I hear the word of God. I believe what he begins to tell us here is one of the ways that I get the the seed to grow is I begin to say. I begin to speak what God says over me. You know, if God says I'm more than a conqueror and he says that in, in Romans 8, I might as well get in agreement. If God says I'm an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb, Revelation 12, I might as well start agreeing with that. And so again, there's power in your tongue. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of my tongue. So Jesus immediately says, okay, boys, you got to speak the word. Say the word. If you'll look at that, he said, if you had faith as a mustard seed, you will say. He didn't say anything about you will believe You will think about it. No, he specifically said, you will say. Now, I want to highlight what he said right there. You. You. You will say, and he ends that verse and he says, and it would obey you, the one who does the speaking. So again, the responsibility of increasing our faith. Jesus says, this is the ingredients. Now, what are you going to do with it? And so for every one of us in here tonight, we can hear this. We can get a hold of this. Man, I'm t- mark your Bible up. When you start finding scriptures that pertain to your life, I'm telling you, begin to speak it. Begin to speak. Get your mouth in line with the Word of God. I'm going to jump real quick off, off of track here just a minute just to give you another illustration of this. In any time in my life, I was having hard areas in certain in, in, in things in my life, and every one of us will have... Uh, hiccups in our life your hiccup may be different than mine but we all have hiccups or issues I begin to find uh, a scripture that would pertain to the things in my life that I didn't like and and again 
part of that was through the area of sleep. And man, I found so many scriptures on sleep that I would, I would begin to write them. I'd mark them. I'd write them. I'd begin to speak them. I said, Lord, you said in your word, you give your beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. That's me. That's me. And so all we begin to do is we begin to get our mouth in line with the word of God. Now, if you were here a few weeks ago, remember one of the things that we begin to say is everything that goes out of your mouth after you say it, you highlight it with this and say, and that's just the way I want it to be. Well, I never sleep good at night, and that's just the way I want it to be. Man, all I do all night is toss and turn, and that's just the way I want it to be. And so again, by the words out of our mouth, we begin to paint pictures. And how many have ever figured it out? I gravitate to the words that come out of my mouth, whether positive or negative. How many of you know negative people? Now don't elbow your spouse, okay? Don't do that. He's talking to you, Harry. I don't know about you, but I, I don't want to be around negative people. You know why? They're, they're, they're vampires. They'll suck the life out of you. I like to be around people that say, you can do it through Jesus Christ. You can do it. Dream big. Run big. Believe the word of God. So again, I got off a little bit. We're going back to the scriptures. So he goes to verse, verse 7. Now this gets really interesting here, okay? He, he, he goes from talking about seed as a mustard seed and saying it out of mouth. Now, I'm going to read verse 7, 8, and 9. Now, watch this. And which of you having a servant plowing or tending sheep, will you say to him when he has come in the field, come at once and sit down to eat? But will he not rather say to him, prepare something for my supper, and gird yourself and serve me till I've eaten and drunk, and afterward you will eat and drink? Does he, the master, thank that servant because he did the thing that were commanded him? I think not. You know, one translation says, of course not. So I begin to look at this, and it's interesting here that he goes to, to talking about faith as a mustard seed, and he gets over to the servant of this master plowing and tending sheep and fixing dinner. So I begin to look at this and think, okay, Lord Jesus, where, where are you going with that? So I go back and I begin to look, what was the focus right here in verse 7, 8, 9 about plowing, tending sheep, or fixing him dinner? The whole focus in verses 7, 8, 9, or every one of them, the three things he highlights, did the servant do what he was supposed to be doing? Now, you got to look at this because I believe right here he begins to tie it into faith. So the obedience of, of the servant was toward his master in this situation. So when we obey God, we're doing what we're supposed to be doing. See, a lot of times when we obey God, we have this thought, well, God, it should be extra credit. No, as a servant, I'm just to obey what I'm told to do. Just, just obedience, simple obedience. Now, watch where it goes in verse 10. So likewise, you, here we go again, you, 
When you have done all those things which you are commanded, do you say we are unprofitable servants? We have done what was our duty to do. So he literally says the servant's actions was he did the things that he was commanded to do. The message says we were what we were told to do, we did it. You know what that is in a nutshell to me? That's James 1.22. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. So think about what I just said with James 1.22 in this context. If your boss or your master came to you and said, this is what I expect out of you today, you heard that, but you didn't do anything with what he asked you to do or he commanded you to do, what do you think your reward would be that day? And so right here, the Lord Jesus, he makes it very clear. Part of operating and increasing my faith is how well I obey his commands. And you know what? I can choose not to, but something happens. So again, when I look at verse 10, it was you, 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 you. So the servant is responsible to complete the commandment fully, not partially, not when it's convenient, but he is charged to fulfill it over and over and over again. Again, it comes down to obedience. You want to see your faith increase? Begin to obey the commandments. And to the degree I obey will be the degree of blessings I begin to walk in. Matthew chapter 25 is the parable of the talents. And it specifically says that the owner of a certain land went away for a period of time. It's talking about God. And it said as he left... He gave goods to the people on earth. It said to one he gave five talents, to one he gave two talents, and to one he gave one talent. And he said, go and carry on business as if I was here. In other words, I'm giving you everything you you need and you decide what you're going to do with it. So the master comes back and he looks at the one who had five talents and the one who had five talents took that And because he did something with it, he made five more talents. And the one that had two did the same thing. But the one who did nothing, he hid it in the ground. And when the master looked at him, he said to the one with five and two, he said, Well done, good and faithful servants. You were faithful with what I gave you. In other words, you did something with what you had. But the one who did nothing, you know what he said to him? You wicked and lazy servant. So I look at that parable and think the only difference between the two and the one was, guess what? Somebody did something with what God had given them. And something begins to happen with me and you when we begin to stand on this just like he did. So when we look at this right here, this passage, so how does the seed of faith grow in our hearts? It comes down to obedience. Not partial obedience or occasional obedience, but full obedience. And so Jesus here answers the question with two answers, I believe. Number one, obedience to completion. He said at the end of verse 10, we have done what was our duty to do it. We've actually done it. We've done everything he asked. 
But number two, it comes to a place to humility. And you know how we humble ourselves toward God? We obey God. We look at Father God and we say, Father God, I may not fully understand everything I'm doing, but because I believe you know best, I'm going to go ahead and obey you. How many of you have ever obeyed God and you really weren't fully sure what all you were doing? You're going to see that later on tonight in Scripture. Hold your place right here where you're at. Go with me to 1 Peter 5, and I want you to see this. 1 Peter 5. So faith increases as our obedience increases. Faith gets on the move when I begin to speak the things of God. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourself to your elders. The word submit has a degree of obedience. You know what? I can submit to my elder and say, you know what? I agree with what you're saying. But the real truth in the way of submitting is the way I obey. Now watch it. It goes on and says this. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Why do I want to be clothed with humility? Because God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So when humility is a choice of mine and I put that on, it will keep me in the grace of God. But the big thing here is God's grace will give me the ability to walk out obedience. And so humility is a double blessing. Man, I humble myself before God, and it releases the grace of God into my life. But again, grace is an empowerment from God to say, you know what? I'm going to help you obey. And I want to obey. I want to please the Father. Now, real briefly, turn back to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Ooh, I'm going to have you going a couple places here, so get ready. I said this, guys. Grace will keep you in obedience. Watch this verse here. Just one verse. Romans 1 verse 5. Through him, Jesus, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. So if I read this correctly, he said that we receive grace through Jesus to promote obedience to the faith, to believe and obey. And so again, God's going to grace us. He's going to help us. But you know what? I have to have a heart that says, Lord, I want to obey. So we go all the way back to where we begin. The two things we got to begin to do is, number one, start speaking the word. Speak the word. Speak the word. You know the word rhema means the spoken word? The word of God comes alive in my mouth. Remember the instruction that the Lord said to Joshua in Joshua 1.8. He said, This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Get the word in your mouth. Speak the word, okay? Speak the word. The second thing that we saw in in Luke 17, I've got to obey the word of God. I've got to get to a place in my life where I said, Lord, I'm going to obey you. I want to please you. Grace me to obey you. Now, go with me to the book of Hebrews, chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. And I'm going to show you how the blessings of God will begin to take place when we learn to fully obey God. Do you know partial obedience is still disobedience? Say that again here. You can tweet that one out. Partial obedience is still disobedience. 
Well, I obeyed just a little bit. Just a little bit. Well, that's like my dad telling me to take out the trash. And I come back in, he said, you take out the trash? And I say, a little bit. You know what he'd have done? He'd have put that 10 size foot on my bottom and said, you didn't obey, buddy. So again, partial obedience is disobedience. Hebrews 11, verse 17. Now, anytime you get in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, it's called the Faith Hall of Fame. Hebrews 11, verse 17. By faith, by faith. I tell you, you read this chapter over and over and over and over. It'll say by faith. When we read that by faith, you can think, I got a, a faith has to do with believing. Faith has to do with speaking, but faith has to do with obeying. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, he offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promise offered up his only begotten son. Now the word offered there literally has two senses to it. Number one, to offering him, he had to obey it. But offering also was an action, okay? He did something with his faith. Now, I'm going to paraphrase this, this story for you because I don't have time to read it. In, in the book of Genesis, chapter 28, 28, no, 22, Genesis 22, Abraham and his wife Sarah had believed God for a son. His son came around and his name was Isaac. And they were so blessed of Isaac. Isaac was the promised child. God shows up one day and he says to Abraham, he said, I want you to take your son, Isaac, to the mountains of Moriah and I want you to offer him on the altar to me as a sacrifice. Now get this in your head. Can you imagine this? Now, Lord, what did you say? I want you to offer your only son. I want you to sacrifice him. Now, this man named Abraham, he didn't try to reason. He didn't try to justify not to. He didn't even procrastinate. Actually, in Genesis 22, it said the very next morning, he loaded up the donkeys and him and Isaac and a couple servants they go to the mountains of Moriah. And Abraham builds an altar. He puts this son on there to offer him to God. And he takes this knife. And right as he's beginning to, to, to offer him, to sacrifice him, this angel stops him. And this is what this verse is talking about. He offered up Isaac. So guess what he did? He fully obeyed the commandments. Now, whoo, hurry, hurry, hurry. Go to Genesis 22. Genesis 22, and I'm going to read just a little bit of this to you, okay? See, oftentimes when it comes to the Word of God, we, we, we try to talk ourselves out of it. We try to reason ourselves out of it. How many of you have ever procrastinated with the things of God? You know, God, I'll do it someday. I'll do it someday. And someday keeps coming and coming and coming and coming. See, that was the significant thing of, of Abraham. When God said, I want you to do this, he obeyed him. He didn't play tough. He didn't say, why God? You know what? Again, that's another place in someone's life. Do you really think Abraham fully understood why God was telling him to do that? I don't believe there's any way a human could. But yet, he went ahead and obeyed, even though he probably didn't fully understand. He said, you know what? 
This is my father. This is God. And when God tells me to do something, I'm not going to question it. I'm not going to debate him. I'm going to obey him. I'm just going to obey. Genesis 22, verse 15. Oh my gosh, I'm not even close to Genesis. Okay, Genesis 22, verse 15. Now this is after he got ready to sacrifice him. Then the angel of the Lord called Abraham a second time out of heaven and he said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing, I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemy. Verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because, because, because you have obeyed my voice. Now, many times in our life, we want, we want to walk in the blessings of Abraham. You know what the blessings of Abraham were? God would bless me. God would multiply me. He'd make my name great. He would bless me to be a blessing. We all say, man, I want the blessings of Abraham. I want those things. But do we want to obey like Abraham obeyed? And you know what I see right here? Every one of God's promises are received by obedience. When I walk in obedience to the word of God, I'm going to get blessed. I don't care who you are. When you start getting blessed in your life, you start realizing, you know what? One of the reasons I'm blessed is because I've obeyed God. And when you start obeying God and the blessings start coming, don't apologize for being blessed. You're just walking in what God did. And so when we get over and we learn to obey God, ooh, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Just bow your head right here, just briefly here. I, I believe the Lord will deal with your heart right now. Is there areas in your life that you know you've disobeyed? And if you have, God's a loving God. God will forgive you. You repent for it. But you know what he says next? Obey me. Obey me. Is there areas in your life right now that you've procrastinated? Is there areas in your life that you've tried to reason yourself out of having to obey? See, Lord, right now we ask you. And if this is you, you sincerely meant it. So, Lord, we ask you to grace us. Grace us and bring your humility, Lord. Grace us to bring a, a, a power to obey you fully. And we honor you that, Father God. We honor you. Now, if you really mean business... I tell you, you begin to ask God to say, Lord, I welcome your conviction when I'm not obeying you. I welcome it. Now, guess what? Get ready. If you sincerely mean that, I mean, I tell you, God will begin to deal with me in the littlest areas of my life on obedience. But I'll begin to sense and say, oh, Lord, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I want to obey. I want to obey. I want to obey. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.